into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today is December 4th. It is a Monday. This is episode number 507 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Tom Bishop from The Boot, Dream Logic, Chris Young, uh, Amy Devine with the Sec Plus in January, and Bar uh, Evan Barnett giving the uh, support, Marcus Kyler with the Yeet, Johnny Fi with the advent of cyber, Ms. Julian from the wintry blustery cold of the upstate of new england carrie down in big texas and alex goodwin over in australia all of us are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and i'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner so what can we do with this information to drive cyber risk reduction for our business uh stakeholders our end users our family and loved ones whatever it is we're driving the, the bus, the cyber the cyber risk reduction train, toot toot, all, all aboard, right? And if you're looking to break into the industry, believe me, you're going to get value here. You will be asked in any cybersecurity job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? Um, I present you Exhibit A, Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. It is what I would consider spot on chef's kiss and excellent answer to that question. On top of it, you're going to be exposed to uh, terminology, concepts, current events, um, the way like, you know, kill chains work, threat actors, um, you know, ransomware, obviously. Plus over here, the um, the networking is phenomenal. Like, look at, just look at the chat. I mean, there's, what do we got? 160 people in here, all supportive, all inclusive, sharing resources, cheering each other on, celebrating wins. The Just get in here, make the circle wider. You're going to be uh, very, very happy. And when you break in, uh, spoiler alert, you've got to pay it back. Pay it pay it back, bring someone else in, share that knowledge, share that love, and uh, the circle uh, or the cycle just will repeat and it'll be phenomenal. But before we get into all of the news, before we get into the high fives and the celebrations, before we get into the jaw jacking, let me give a shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend Eric Taylor at Barricade. We're going to do Barricade at the mid-roll today, but just want to say shout out and love to Eric Taylor and Barricade, who has renewed, renewed for 2024. Thank you very much, Barricade Cyber Solutions, renewing for the entire year of 2024. So lock it in, put it in pen. Barricade Cyber, Eric Taylor, the gang over there will be um, long-term stream sponsors. All right. 
What's up, Panopsi Security? Love Panopsi Security, bringing the heat. Guys, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Your cyber budget and your team deserve expertise, a consultant who doesn't just sell you, you know, product, just pairs with a VAR, tells you to just patch it, right? You don't need that. You don't need that. What you need is somebody who understands what you're doing with respect to your threat landscape, your staff, your resources, your um, your current uh, maturity level. That's what Panopsi does. Think of them as a fractional um, expert that you can bring in at a fraction of the cost in order to get right with where you're going as a program. Should you invest in MDR or build out your own SecOps capability? I don't know. Guess who does? Panopsi. Should you... Um, Hire, you're going to hire a new staffer. Should you hire a GRC analyst or should you hire a blue team defender? I don't know. Guess who does? Panopsi. These are the questions you can ask them. Totally worth it. Also want to say shout out and love to anti-siphon training. If you were in the uh, threat hunting class on Friday, you know dang well how awesome anti-siphon training is. Shout out to all those who are in the threat hunting training on Friday with active countermeasures. I saw the Simply Cyber roll call. Simply Cyber was rolling deep in that class on Friday. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Anti-siphon training is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position, including free classes like the threat hunting one on Friday. Top-tier professionals teaching free classes. It's all about community. It's all about good times, and it's all about leveling up. Holla at Anti-Siphon Training. Use the links in the description below. Go to training, pay what you can training, and check it out. They've got two bangers coming out in January. Uh, end of January, we've got John Strand teaching the active defense cyber deception class. And then hot on the heels of it, John's coming over the top rope with SOC core skills. If you don't know who John Strand is, uh, I would say Google him, but you're going to get the wicked buff male underwear model, which is not who John Strand is in our industry. So maybe John Strand Cybersecurity, that'll be good. All right, guys. If you didn't know, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, is worth one half of a CPE. Now, if you don't know what CPEs are, really quickly, when you get certified in different certs in the industry, you need to... What? Hold on. Nathan Peaster, today's my first day in my new security engineer role. Huge thank you to the whole Simply Cyber family for being here. Wouldn't be here without you. You know what that warrants? Boom! Yes, Nathan. Yes, Nathan. Way to go, my man. Crush it today. Remember, Nathan, I've got a video on the channel on how to destroy your first 90 days. If you're interested, no pressure, but get on that and congratulations. Love seeing the wins in chat. All right. Oh, hey, Kathy Chambers is up in here. John Strand is a must know. Hey, Kathy, good to see you. Uh, what? There we go. Kathy gets a Ric Flair. Woo. Uh, if you don't know what CPEs are, they're basically continuing education. You need them to maintain certifications. Sometimes they suck to get, but guess what? Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, half a CPE. If you show up with regularity, it won't be an issue. Say what's up in chat, grab a screenshot, throw it into a file or a folder, and you'll be good to go. If you're live with us, hashtag Team Live, 260 of you beautiful people up in here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's morning where I am, and I've got a tall cup of go juice, so I'll be drinking that coffee cup. Cheers to you, Robert Cooper. Now, if you're watching on replay, replayer people too, love me some team replay. What's up, guys? Say what's up and grab a screenshot for yourself too. Uh, and shout out to Chris Weaver for the timestamps. 
uh, that I always pin to the videos. And finally, if today is your first episode, welcome to the party, pal. Episode 507. Doesn't matter if you missed the last 506. You're here today. We love having you. If it's your first episode, hashtag first timer in chat. We have special sound effects, special emotes for our first timers. We love welcoming you in and making you part of the community. You are in a safe place. Ask whatever questions you got. Sit back, relax, and let's chill. Let me grab a sip of coffee, and then we're going to get into it. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Shout out to Black Hills InfoSec and Deb Wigley for sending me this shirt. I got the malware shirt. It is what you think. Yes, we spared no exploits. <laughs> hey, Jeff Aaron. Jeff Aaron. Welcome to the party, pal, Jeff Aaron. Give you the emotes all over the place. Holla, holla, holla. All right, guys, do me a favor. We got to get to work. It's a lot of fun, but we got to get to work. Hold on. Kaimi Kristen, hashtag first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Do me a favor, Kaimi. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. See you at the mid-roll. It's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Monday, December 4th, 2023. I'm Steve Prentice. Credit unions facing outages due to ransomware attack on cloud provider. Up to 60 credit unions across the U.S. are facing outages resulting from a ransomware attack on the cloud services provider Ongoing Operations, which is owned by credit union technology firm Trellance. According to the record, the attack is having larger downstream effects on other credit union technology providers, including FedComp, a company that offers data processing solutions to credit unions. According to MSysoft analyst Brett Callow, ongoing operations may be another victim of Citrix Bleed. All right. So a couple things here. One, shout out to first timers, Aftermath Solicitors, Pamela Vasquez, and Midnight Toker. Welcome to the party, pals. Love the uh, Steve Miller Band reference, if that's what you're doing. First concert I ever saw in person, Steve Miller Band, Great Woods. I think I was 11. My Uncle Gregory, really cool dude, took me to that concert. Did not know what, <laughs> did not know what toking was. The, uh, the two uh, teenagers or whatever, young 20-year-olds behind us knew what it was, though. That's for sure. All right, guys. So here's what's up. Um, this is a, an example of... Uh, third-party risk, supply chain, whatever you want to call it. 60 credit unions are basically down because their upstream IT service provider, which they've outsourced, has been hit by a ransomware attack. Now, this is a little bit complicated. It's believed that um, Citrix Bleed, Citrix Bleed, which, by the way, I've been talking about Citrix Bleed um, since it came out a few a few weeks ago. It's got the emo, I mean, the, uh, you know, it's got the cool um, logo or whatever you want to call it. Citrix Bleed, this is, you can use the um, Shodan to find this. Okay, this is the Citrix Bleed logo. You can find Shodan.io. That's a website, Shodan.io. If you don't know what Shodan is, go check it out. It is a staple in any cybersecurity professional's toolbox, whether you're GRC or Red Team or, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Every security professional should know about Shodan. You can find these vulnerable Citrix bleed boxes with Shodan. And unfortunately, it's not uncommon um, for small and mid-sized businesses that do 
you know, dermatology or they do credit unions to outsource the IT service to an MSP or managed service provider. I know MSP sounds kind of generic, but basically think of it as outsourced IT. Because guess what? You've got 15 employees. You're all focused on delivering credit union services. You're all focused on delivering skin treatments. You're all, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like you don't want to hire an IT person. Um, and it, it's okay. There's an entire market of MSPs that do this because you want to get set up and then you're just doing business operations and you don't really need an IT person bumbling around, right? In your, in your business. So they do this, but here is the downstream impact. When you hit that one person and they get screwed, it, it basically all of their clients feel the pain. Now, what I will tell you is two things. One, shame on that MSP for not, like, dude, if you're a managed service provider, you are an IT shop. You, as an IT shop, should be fully abreast of Citrix Bleed, okay? This isn't like um, a credit union that, like, you know, is trying to piece it together and, you know, didn't know about Citrix Bleed. Like if you're, if you are an IT service provider, that is your business. That's your bread and butter. You should be staying current. By the way, can I just for a second, because it pisses, uh, sorry, Kennedy. Listen, the reason that I say you will be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This is why right here, this is why, because you're supposed to know Citrix Bleed dropped three weeks ago. It's not because we're like, a fraternity or sorority up here and we're hazing our newcomers by you've got to show up and stay current every day. Cause I'm going to ask you three random facts. And if you get them wrong, you're going to get in the basement and do a bunch of pushups. No, it's because you are the only way to drive cyber risk reduction is to stay abreast of what the threat actors are doing. They're the ones driving the risk. If there was no threat actors, we wouldn't have a job. Okay. Or it would be a lot less of us. So it just annoys me, you know, that these this managed service provider got hit by Citrix Bleed and then ransomware. But here's the thing. Two things. One, again, sometimes you can't patch, but if you're a managed service provider, you should be. If you're servicing financial services clients, you should be well compensated. It's usually a, a, a better funded uh, vertical, if you will, or better funded industry. Third, once it says ransomware, but dude, at this point, once they get into your environment, ransomware is just a piece of software they're 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 detonating. It doesn't matter, right? It's not like ooh, advanced ransomware. They have access to your boxes. They've got permissions. They could run anything. They could install um they could install what they could install uh Microsoft Word. They could install Brave browser. They could install Maze ransomware. They could install Redline key info stealer. It doesn't matter. At that point, they just detonate whatever they want. And dude, this is a playbook right now. This is a straight up playbook. Find Citrix Bleed, push through it with exploitation, find assets, drop malware, you know, win, right? That, that's what's going on. So unfortunately, this MSP is probably walking funny today because they have 60 credit union CIOs jammed all the way up their butt, which would, you know, obviously make them walk kind of funny. The phones are absolutely blasting. Dude, when you talk, here's another thing that really sucks. Dude, when you talk about dealing with an incident, 
Okay. You're like, ah, I got an incident. I'm dealing with it. Like do, 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 do. management doesn't know anything. Okay. I, this is a, a way overstated simplification, but like the business doesn't really know anything about it or about whatever. They just know that the business is on fire, right? Like we don't, I don't usually call for this, but the emote of the, the dog and the dumps, uh, the dog, this is fine. Right. This th right there. That is that is what the business is like. They're like, ah, what do we do? And they just have idle time. All they know is their customers are complaining and they can't do anything. So when there's an incident, the business is upside your face going, hey, you got an update? Hey, you got an update? Hey, you got an update? And you're like, bro, you just asked me three minutes ago. Can you please let me work? And they're like, no problem. And you got an update? You're like, shut up. Like, I get it. I get that you're in pain right now, but let I... You're preventing me from working, okay? So that that's in one business with one business executive. This is 60 credit unions. That phone is probably melting. It's ringing, it's ringing. In fact, they probably hired or they, hey, intern, <laughs> hey, junior analyst, welcome, welcome to your first day. When that phone ring, answer it and just let that, you know, like they answer the phone and like, it looks like a cartoon with their hair blowing sideways because there's so much like heat coming off the phone, like a hair dryer. That's what's up. This is basically a straight up Citrix bleed exploitation into ransomware on a downstream um, or excuse me, an upstream managed service provider resulting in third party risk and 60 credit unions are feeling the burn. Everything else I just told you, you won't get in a textbook. That's what you get when you like live it. Okay. That's what's up. Roblox and Twitch allegedly targeted by ransomware cartel. The Alf V ransomware gang has posted information on its dark web blog about Tipalti, T-I-P-A-L-T-I, an accounting software fintech company. According to Cyber News, the gang quickly turned to exposing some of Tipalti's clients, stating, quote, Tipalti claimed as a victim, but we'll extort Roblox and Twitch, two of their affected clients, individually, end quote. According to Tipalti's own website, some of its other customers include Twitter, X, GoDaddy, and Canva. Apple fixes two new... Oh, boy. Okay. So, a couple things. One, uh, you really don't want to be messing with, like, Black Cat or Alf Alfie Black Cat. It, it's kind of weird. It's like, it's one ransomware threat actor group, but they're always, like, together. It reminds me of, like, when you were a kid and, like, you're trying to get uh, pick teams for you know, kickball or, or four square or whatever. And they're like, I'll take Jerry. And you're like, Oh, me and cousin Pat, are, we're, we're a team. We're, we're a package deal. Do you remember that? Like you'd get picked for like basketball or, or anything when they're like, I'll take them. I'll take him. And you're like, no, no, no. We're a package deal. You got to take us both. Um, that, that's what I think of with black cat and Alfie. Okay. So what, what are we talking about here? Um, Roblox and Twitch is being targeted. Now I don't know if that means that they've been hit or they're just, uh, some subset is being hit. It looks like, okay, so here in an unusual uh, long blog post, Alfie said it would target to Palti, Roblox, and Twitch. Um, okay. They breached a uh, Roblox Corp account. I mean, here's the deal, guys. If you don't know, I mean, Twitch is a huge streaming service. Roblox is a huge video game. Millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. Um uh, this should surprise nobody. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter that it's Roblox and you get the ooh sound effect and my kids like it. What it is, is it's a business with money. Straight cash, homie. That's it. Straight cash, homie. Okay. Thank you, Valentino. I'm glad someone got the four square reference. Okay. So check it out. 
Uh, I'm actually, as soon as I, like, I, oh, by the way, I don't research or prepare for these stories in any way. I forget to say that. Um, basically, you're getting my initial reactions as they're coming through. Um, when I see this, it makes me think immediately, like, huh, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised now that I think about it for a moment that Roblox and Epic Games, the developers of Fortnite and Rocket League, I'm surprised they're not targeted more. They're a big tech company making millions and millions of dollars, and they have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of customers, I, aka kids, players, adults who play the games and stuff like that, right? So if you brought down their infrastructure through ransomware, they would, I mean, it's kind of like manufacturing. They would immediately be feeling the pain. And by the way, with video games, just like, you know, streaming services or whatever, if I go to play a game and it's not there, I, I watch my kids do this all the time. You go to play a game and it's not there. Do you think for a minute that my kid or any kid or anyone paying money is going to be like, huh, Roblox is down. I'll just wait. No, they're like, swipe left like it's a tinder date and then in by the way i've never done tinder i was married when tinder came out so i assume swipe left means like next uh but if it's swipe right then whatever but swipe swipe left next and they just go on to the next video game so there is a real risk of like losing market share quickly uh kind of like a, a mudslide um, so I'm actually kind of surprised that these top tier threat actors aren't going for the video game companies a little bit stronger. Um, Twitch getting targeted, like, bro, <laughs> like, Hey, 2019 called Twitch's entire source code got dumped online. Like, what are you going to do to Twitch? Twitch is already like, you know, kind of like beat up and battered. Like you're going to ransomware. I'm like, hold my beer. <laughs> Jesus. So anyways, um, we'll see. Um, obviously, many of us will know. Many of us have children. Many of us will know if Roblox gets ransomware because our kids are going to be talking about it. Remember, Christmas is around the corner, though. Threat actors, they do like... Um, threat actors do like uh, attacking on holidays. Famously, Lizard Squad took down PlayStation Network and Xbox Live, I think in 2014, 2015, uh, for a full day arguably the longest denial of service attack that I know of. So um, this could this could turn into a thing. Alfcat, uh, Black Cat Alfie has, what, uh, 21 more shopping days until they destroy uh, one of these businesses on Christmas Day? We'll see. You would think, by the way, you would think with the millions of dollars that Roblox is making that they would invest in, like, I don't know, information security. iOS zero days in emergency updates. These updates are intended to resolve vulnerabilities in iPhone, iPad, and Mac devices located in the WebKit browser engine. They're being tracked as CVE 2023-42916 and 42917. These vulnerabilities would have allowed attackers to, quote, gain access to sensitive information via an out-of-bounds read weakness and gain arbitrary code execution via a memory corruption bug on vulnerable devices through maliciously crafted web pages. End quote. HHS. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Two things. One. Ah, you gotta patch it. Nah, you gotta patch it. Secondly, um, and I this myth doesn't really um persist anymore, but this used to be like the myth. But just to reiterate it, because consistency uh and you know, 
vigilance is paramount in our industry. Apple computers, Mac OS, iOS do have vulnerabilities. Getting an Apple computer does not make you invincible. All right. I know, I know a lot of people would like to think that, but it's just software. Threat actors just weren't spending a lot of time targeting Microsoft. I mean, excuse me, targeting Apple because of market share. But as Apple has gotten a bigger foothold, threat actors have turned to it, especially because a lot of VIPs uh, insist on using Apple devices. Here's another fun fact uh, here. Let me, the more you know emote, I guess we're going to use that one because there's a lot of that today. I'm, I'm feeling the more you know today. Um, something you'll never read in a textbook or hear in a classroom. Most businesses, okay, are Windows shops, meaning that all the staff, salespeople, engineers, Carl, they're all running around with, you know, um, like they're running around with Dell laptops or IBM ThinkPads or whatever, and they're running Windows operating system, Windows 10, Windows 11, Windows whatever, okay, Windows Quantum. But the CEO, the CFO, they're important. They're big swinging okay and they get exceptions they're vips and they love themselves some some you know bubblegum apple you know they love the ecosystem oh it works so good with my phone let me just rub myself down with baby oil and you can't say no to them you could be like hey we have a policy everybody uses microsoft windows here and they're like yeah but i'm the ceo so bye bye right so the reality is your most sensitive users, your most important users, the ones with the access to the most sensitive information are the ones not complying with standard approved software. And you have to just accept it. In fact, at this point, you don't even complain about it. You just kind of assume it and you you treat them. I don't want to say like children, okay? But you you kind of put them in a bubble and they get like their own dedicated IT person typically for like uh, support and all that stuff. So I'm sure uh, BSEC is listening to this somewhere right now and being like, mm-hmm, preach, preach. We need a preach emote. So anyways, the reality is go, go peg your uh, CEO, CFO, let them know that this needs to be done. This is not surprising. Apple just released a major version update. It went to version 17 uh, with major version upgrades. Um, they can test the crap out of the software, but there's always, you can't, you can't exhaustively test it. At some point, there's always like uh, diminishing returns on investment, on time spent testing fringe cases and uh, stuff like that. So they allow security researcher community to figure it out. They found some stuff, patch your stuff, simple. Ah, you gotta patch it. Also, by the way, can we just set the devices to auto patch period end of story like that's what you should do you should be like hey you know what i'm gonna set this to auto patch um and please just don't don't change that you're not allowed to change that all right issues citrix bleed warning oh there we go more citrix further bleed. citrix bleed related news the u.s department of health and human services issued a warning last thursday as a sector alert which pointed out that quote the citrix bleed vulnerability is being actively exploited and which urged organizations to upgrade to prevent further damage to the sector end quote the healthcare sector has already experienced disruptions from this vulnerability with capital health alerting to outages in hospitals in new jersey and pennsylvania Nashville-based Ardent Health reporting widespread outages across the U.S. and Prospect Medical Holdings seeing four sites attacked in August. 
A link to the HHS sector alert is available in the show notes to this episode. All right, I'm not going to spend more time on this. Like, I don't know why this is not getting... Okay. HHS, Health and Human Services, is warning of citrix bleed attacks. CISA is warning of citrix bleed attack. 60 credit unions are complaining of a citrix bleed attack. Everybody is getting citrix bleed attack. I don't understand why this is not getting the level of attention that like Move It Breach did or Log4j, which wasn't even like Log4j was like way more smoke than it was fire. This thing is like this right here is like lava coming down from the volcano. It's not moving quickly, but anything it gets near, it just incinerates. Citrix bleed is lava. And I don't know why it's not getting more pub. It's been out for three weeks. According to this, they mentioned Prospect Holdings um, back in August getting hit. As far as I know, Prospect Holdings, which is a major player in the um, United States healthcare system game, they were not compromised because of Citrix Bleed. So I found it a little, um, I don't know, like misleading that they included it in the story. But but anyways, that's just a, a, a nitpick. Citrix bleed is a thing. Ah, you gotta patch it. Fuck. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, I try not to F-bomb on this show. Listen, find out if you're running Citrix. Find out if you're running Netscaler. Find out if you're vulnerable to Citrix bleed and fix it. Either take it offline and have business impact, you know, to your operations, which will definitely accelerate everybody getting their shoes together. And fix it. Just there's a patch. There's a fix. There's something out there. Put in a, a, a put it. Set up a god. Uh, set up a VPN connection and have people VPN in if they need to. Have them work independently. Have them return to the office so they're they're on the internal land. What you cannot do is just say ah, we're too small to be targeted. Threat actors have scripts that will scan the internet, find the problem, push through compromise and then report back to the threat actors that they got you stop stop like we need more people on the show like we need citrix bleed is out of control and not a lot of people are talking about it it kills me this is clearly like a point and shoot um vulnerability at this point hospitals are getting hit financial services are getting hit i don't want any of you to suffer ransomware my friends Okay, if you're running Citrix, if you're running a vulnerable version of the Netscaler, you have your pants down and you're running backwards through a cornfield. You might not feel any pain today, tomorrow, but if you don't do anything about it, eventually you're going to get a corn cob where you don't want it, a.k.a. compromised. So please fix your stuff. Let's go. Ah, you got to patch it. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Yeah, Barricade. Experiencing ransomware? Barricade Cyber Solutions will help you recover from the nightmare. Trust the industry DFIR experts who have rescued over 3,000 business cases over the past five years. Remember to visit recoverfromransomware.com, that's all one word, and connect with Barricade Cyber Solutions' rapid ransomware recovery team. This elite team works quickly to recover and restore your business data and services. Once again, visit recoverfromransomware.com today.
All right. Hey, really quickly, a lot of funny jokes coming in here. <laughs> hide your hospital, hide your bank. Everyone's out here getting hit with citrix bleed. All right, guys, welcome. Welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're getting value from the stream, getting value from the show. This is what we do every day for all our first-timers out there. Uh, if this is your first time on the show, hashtag first-timer in chat. Midnight Toker, Pamela Vasquez, Aftermath Solicitors, Jeff Aaron. Oh, and we got squad memberships. Barricade Cyber dropping a 50 bomb. Thank you so much, Barricade Cyber. Guys, listen, if you, uh, thanks to the stream sponsor. Okay, there's a 100 spot. All right, hold on one second. Did we just become best friends? All right, here's what happened. Listen to me really quickly. Uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions, one of the stream sponsors, Eric Taylor, good friend of mine, just gifted 100 squad memberships. If you are in chat right now on YouTube, you can see it flowing into the chat stream right now. If you're on YouTube right now and you're not a squad member, there's a good chance you're about to become one. Alex Goodwin just became one. Chris Patton just became one. Hungry Hacker just became one. Go ahead, giddy up on all those emotes. We're going to drop a ton of Oprahs in here. You get a squad membership. You get a squad membership. All right, and if, you, um, if you're on YouTube and you are not getting it, you have to, um, you have to opt in to it. So let me just drop this. You're going to get caught in the stream here, but there's a link that you can click on to opt into accepting the gifts. That way someone can't give you a gift to like some uh, YouTube channel that's like highly a problem and, you, and you, you don't want to be a member and they make you, so you have to opt into it. All right. All right, guys. Hey, if you're getting value from the stream, whether it's educational, entertainment, or just a good times, do me a favor, hit the like button. There's 463 of you in here right now. The reason I ask you to hit the like button is because it helps other people find the stream. That's it. Simple. Pay it forward. Chris Young with the, um, with the super chat, bringing the heat. Thank you uh, for the super chat. All right. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Hit that like button, guys. We got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. This is something we do every day. It is an absolute delight. Mr. Reporter currently has the baton. Not sure if you're in chat right now or if you posted Mr. Reporter, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you would like to supercharge your professional network, right? If you've heard networking's important, but you don't know how to do it or you're shy or introverted, let me help you out. This is an absolute slam dunk option. Go on to LinkedIn, go on to LinkedIn, create a profile, search for this hashtag, hashtag simply cyber community challenge. Okay. Search for this hashtag. Once you've found the hashtag, people are posting with it every single day. We have a new person post like carry the baton, right? To, to continue the chain, connect with the people on that post, comment on their post. That's important. Connect with the people in comments. Here's what's going to happen. Connecting with the person in the, who posted, that's one connection. Connecting with the people in the comments, let's say that's five or six connections. Putting yourself in the comments, the next person who comes through is going to connect with you because they're connecting with the people in the comments. The next person connects with you. The next person. Five minutes a day, two weeks, you're going to have a rich, meaningful, valuable network on LinkedIn. Your streams and your feeds are going to be valuable. The people, the, the attitude, the, the demeanor of your feed's going to be better. It, you're going to have a professional network. 
Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Believe me, massive value about that. All right. And uh, Mr. Reporter is going to tag somebody, but if he doesn't have it in chat, we're going to um, we're going to uh, tag somebody. Uh, Heel Razor, hashtag first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Let's give Heel Razor, little Leet Speak Heel Razor, uh, some welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys. Hey, check it out. We've got a special Monday initiative. So Mondays is simply Cyber Community member um, shout out or recognition. I like to call attention to a member of the community who just, I love it because you guys are so amazing. I'd like to introduce you to Chuck Sapp. This guy right here is Chuck Sapp. He's a regular. He's been in the community for a long time. Chuck is amazing. He's heavily involved with the newsletter that everybody receives on Monday. He's constantly sharing resources on LinkedIn and in the community on Discord. He spoke at Simply CyberCon. If you don't know Chuck Sapp, I strongly recommend you say hi to him. He's such a wonderful person. Uh, Marine, so if you're into the Marines, Chris Young, Chuck Sapp's a Marine. Eric Taylor, he's a Marine. Uh, Jessica Hyde, he's a Marine. So uh, holler at Chuck Sapp. Is Chuck in chat? Chuck's not in chat right now, but just know, shout out to Chuck Sapp. Simply Cyber Community member and someone that I really, really respect and appreciate. All right, guys. We had a good we had a good mid-roll. Stay tuned for the um, Stay tuned for the uh, jawjacking situation. We'll have a good time, all right? Let's get you back up into it. See you at the jawjacking. Russian hacker convicted for creating TrickBot. Following up on a story we brought you way back in September of 2021, Russian national Vladimir Donayev has now pleaded guilty to committing computer fraud and identity theft and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud and now faces a maximum of 35 years in prison. This is in relation to the creation of the TrickBot malware. Sentencing is scheduled for March of next year. Dunayev was arrested in South Korea in September 2021 after being stranded at Seoul Airport due to COVID pandemic-related travel cancellations. Yes, he did. All right, so two things really quickly. Uh, Jenny Housley, the very the very um, wonderful Jenny Housley just reminded me. Another, guys, Chuck Sapp, another thing Chuck Sapp is responsible for, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I forgot about this. Guys, if you've gotten value from the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, this is the guy who messaged me and said, hey, Jerry, what do you think about this idea? And I'm like, I freaking love it. Let's go. If you got value from Simply Cyber Community Challenge, Chuck Sapp's the guy to thank. Thanks, Chuck. All right, so check it out. Talk about um, talk about this is bananas, guys. So Vladimir Dunev convicted for TrickBot. Now, a couple things. One, if you don't know about TrickBot, TrickBot is an information stealer, and it was a devastatingly successful um, piece of malware. Um, at its peak, it was it was brought it was. Um, if you ever heard of Emotet, TrickBot, Ryuk, those three pieces were kind of used in uh, with each other as like an entire just devastating catastrophic wrecking ball kit go go check it out if you google um emotet trickbot ryuk it was like 2019 
I think it was like 2018, 2019. Those three pieces were devastatingly used in, in uh, parallel with each other. It was a very successful, very resilient piece of malware that basically did information stealing. It harvested wholesale your credentials, your tokens. It was it was very um, quiet. It had you know persistence mechanisms. It was the full full boat. Okay. Now um, I'm glad that they got this guy arrested. You could see here. Um, It says it was involved with ransomware. It was not a ransomware uh, piece of malware, but I mean, it would probably like it was not ransomware. Okay, so that this is slightly misleading. But uh, Trickbot was used to help get creds and stuff to be able to get on machines to push ransomware. So I'll give him that. This guy's facing thirty-five years. Whoops, what are we doing here? Thirty-five years. Um, let me see. Oh, by the way. I love it. All right. So it says TrickBot kind of screwed when Russia attacked um, Ukraine. Uh, one thing that I want to point out, and like you can't make this stuff up. The dude was able to get caught and exfiltrated because he got stuck in South Korea due to pandemic restrictions. Bro, tough break. I'll tell you what, if I was a multi-million dollar threat actor, I would not leave any country that was affording me uh, top cover. I don't care. So here's the thing, man. This sucks for this. Like, I'm glad this guy's going to go to jail. Like, awesome. Like, you suck. You ruined a lot of people's businesses. You ruined a lot of people's livelihoods. You suck and you should be held accountable, right? But I'm just saying, looking from the threat actor and being objective from it, if I'm like detonating malware all over the place and making it rain, I'm going to stay only where I'm safe. However, that does suck. If you if you have millions of dollars, but you can only hang out in like Siberia, like I hope you like skiing because you're not you're not going to like Bali or or you know any of these like places that um you you see, I don't know, you see in like music videos of like what you have when you have so much money that you're throwing it out the top screaming money ain't a thing. So anyways, this guy caught, way to go. You suck. Uh, also, um, not that it mentions it, but I do want to quickly point out, I've been reading Fancy Bear Goes to... Uh, Fancy Bear Goes Fishing. It's behind me. I had to see the title. I've been reading the book Fancy Bear Goes Fishing, and I just got into the Russian um, Advanced Threat Actor Group section of the book. It's phenomenal. Talking about Fancy Bear and Sandworm. They're two different uh, units, and, and they're, they're two different missions. Uh, really, really interesting. He was not involved with either of them, but it's just, he's a criminal, uh, financial criminal, like a like a mobster. But I just wanted to shout it out. Yes, exactly. Here we go. Let me. This is this is what we're talking about right here. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. Jay Z knows what's up. C says Goldstein wants to ditch patch faster, fix faster model. Speaking at an event held by the non-profit International Information System Security Certification Consortium, CISA's Executive Assistant Director for Cybersecurity, Eric Goldstein, stated that, quote, addressing computer security vulnerabilities by quickly finding and patching flaws is a fundamentally broken model in need of being overhauled, end quote. He seeks a philosophical shift that, quote, puts a smaller burden on school districts, water utilities, and small businesses to maintain secure systems, end quote, and asks more of the large companies to provide secure software and hardware.
According to CyberScoop, quote, Goldstein said that CISA is calling on technology providers to take accountability for the security of their customers by doing things like enabling default security controls, such as multi-factor authentication, making security logs available, using secure development practices, and embracing memory-safe languages such as Rust, end quote. <sighs> All right. I'm not, um... All right. I don't even know what to say about this story, dude. Like, yes, I guess it has to be said. It has to be said, but dude, like, <laughs> freaking Mr. Goldstein, like, 2001 called. They want their, they want their cybersecurity strategy back. Buddy, like, security architecture, security engineering, build security into the build process. Bolt-on security is less secure than integrating into the build process. Like, thank you for, like, who are you talking to with this? Okay, like, all I could say is that he's obviously not directing this to the cybersecurity community because we all know this. This is not, when he talks about a philosophical switch, this is not for us. This is for the tech industry, hardware developers, and the larger ecosystem of non-cyber people. What his philosophical switch is, is basically saying, instead of responding and being reactive to problems, being proactive and making the problems not there in the first place. Wow. Oh. I mean, I, I feel like I should just shut the channel down and call it a day. Bro, like, I, I, I get it. I love it. I love it. I love it. We should 100% do this. But here's the problem, okay? Here's the problem. He's not saying don't patch. He's saying get in front of it so there, there's no vulnerability in the first place so you wouldn't need to patch it. <sighs> here's the problem, okay? And again... Read Fancy Bear Goes Fishing. They have an entire chapter on Microsoft and why Microsoft for years and years and years was incredibly vulnerable and attacked all the time. And when Bill Gates penned the trustworthy computing memo, which was a very important seminal memo, and it shifted Microsoft from being a gross, riddled with problems platform into what it's become today, which is still vulnerable, but way more secure and Azure is more secure and they take security more seriously. The problem is there is a perverse financial incentive for businesses to ship insecure products really quickly. Okay. This is a more, you know, I guys, I don't know when I wake up in the morning, I don't know what kind of show you're going to get when I go live. I don't know, but today's the more, you know, kind of show. Okay. Here's the deal. I make a product and Jonathan Booley, by the way, Jonathan, thanks for the year long plus squad membership, blue badge and looking good on you. Wow. All right. So Jonathan Booley makes um, widget. Okay. Uh, uh, or Jonathan Booley makes a piece of technology. Okay. I also make a piece of technology. Jonathan Booley wants it to be secure and follow this mantra. MFA by default, hardened passwords, you log in all this other stuff. Okay. I don't want to do that. We ship the product to market. First of all, my product gets to market faster than Jonathan's because he's he's goofing around, putting security in and having to test it and everything. Ha ha ha, fool. 
All right, so I get to market a month before Jonathan. So I've already got market share. People are talking about my product. Jonathan, so I'm already making more money. Financially incentive. This is an issue with capitalism, okay? Great cash, homie. Now, Jonathan's product finally gets to market, and we go. Jonathan's product gets bought and implemented, and regular users are like, oh my God, I, I'm trying to use this product and it's so frustrating. Like I tried to use it and I, I went to like push the magic button to make it do the thing I wanted to do. And it stopped me and made me change a password. Then I pushed the magic button again and it said, I have to configure multi-factor. Then I wish to push the button again and it didn't have all the features Jerry's had. This product sucks. Jerry's product's cool. Let me go to Twitter and tell everybody how bad Jonathan Bully's product is and how good Jerry's is. And it's not fair because Jonathan's doing what this is and trying to protect the customers. But when you don't see the value on security, it's very difficult as a consumer to see the value your money's getting you for the product you bought because it actually feels like you're being constrained, restricted, more friction, a worse experience. And that is what drives vendors to do insecure by default because they're like, the customers don't want it. They're they're complaining. Let's throttle it back and make it available to them to secure. But by default, let's make it a frictionless process. And obviously that's riddled with issues. The only solution for this is if everybody gets on board with the same thing and then you're like, oh, Jonathan Bully's product's kind of a pain in the A but Jerry's is kind of a pain in the A too. This is standard. This is normal. MFA is fine. This is what we do here. That is where it needs to go. And honestly, uh, Goldstein, I love it. Thanks for bringing it up. We need to get in front of big tech and um, uh, manufacturers of technology and get them to all agree to standards. Okay, that's it. NIST cybersecurity framework is a voluntary framework. There's no... There's no standards for sec tech or, or excuse me, for technology to configure to anything, okay? And it's all configurable. Now, having said all that and, and, and just belabored that, what I do want to tell you is I'm a huge advocate. I'm the first person in line to scream at especially network appliance companies to not require you to change the admin default account from a default password to something else before you can use it. There's nothing more motivating to an end user or an IT person who just got a new toy. They want to use it. And if you say, hey, we want you to use it, check it out. The first thing you got to do is just change this password to something you like because we want you to be able to remember it because this other password we have sucks and you don't want to remember that. We're helping you out. When you do that, you're definitely reducing threats from like Mirai and other kind of silly uh, pointless, like default credential guessing solutions, right? Ah, <sighs> all right. You got to patch it. Ah, you got to patch it. But you've also got to build secure by design. Um, so I, I like this, but I don't know who they're talking to here. But yes, it's fundamentally broken because of capitalism. That's it. Everybody has to get on the same page and then it becomes a standard and we move forward. U.S. sanctions Kim Suki and North Korean agents. This announcement against threat actor Kim Suki comes from the U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, along with sanctions against certain foreign North Korean agents. 
According to Security Week, the Treasury Department noted that the threat actor Kim Suki is, quote, controlled by North Korea's main foreign intelligence service, the Reconnaissance General Bureau, end quote. The announcement comes just a few days after North Korea's launch of a new spy satellite. All right. Um, all right. All right. So a couple of things here. One, shout out to Brian Reed, first timer. Love it. Uh, all right. So the United States sanctions North Korea. Like, pfft, all right. Like, get in line. North Korea, like, doesn't recognize the United States. So, like, sanctioning them. Okay. Um, the sanctions are really more economic. North Korea has been sanctioned to, like, the neck. Like, if if, if you were to, like, look at a, um, you know, um, like, I don't know. This is such a weird, obscure reference that many people won't get. But if you've been watching the Loki series on disney plus or whatever like the miss minutes kind of 1950 flat art style like if you look at a sideways picture outline of what north korea is like the the a bar almost like um like a fundraiser thing where you're coloring in as you get closer to the top and the goal like sanctions are up to like here from here to my feet is colored in with sanctions like north korea has been sanctioned to the moon and back you want to talk hey crypto people I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. You want to talk about going to the moon? North Korea, if sanctions were, you know, hot takes, they'd be to the moon at this point, okay? North Korea has been sanctioned up and down and left and right, okay? So U.S. is sanctioning, I think this is the Department of Treasury of the United States in general, State Department, sanctioning North Korea, Kim Suki group. Kim Suki is a different threat actor group than Lazarus, but they're still doing cryptocurrency. They're, they're doing all sorts of uh, stuff, but... They're being sanctioned around the use of cryptocurrency and, you know, which basically means any wallet that has uh, is tied to Kim Suki or North Korea that tries to like cash in on a exchange to to like actually turn Bitcoin into a, a currency that's actually usable because you're not buying anything with Bitcoin or, you know, Shiba Inu coins or whatever. Like you need cash. You need straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. If you try to if you try to do any business with anyone using the wallets that Kim Suki's using, you're going to get in trouble, which basically makes them radioactive, which makes it harder for them to do anything. Right? Imagine if you will um, the Scarlet Letter. That's what Kim Suki's wearing right now. They're wearing like a economic Scarlet Letter. If they try to go anywhere and do anything, people are going to turn them away. But they're already being turned away. Whatever. Kim Suki is a bit of a. Um, Kim Suki is a bit of a, a, a advanced threat actor. They, they mentioned that North Korea launched a spy satellite. Okay. Uh, again, I'm not going to get too much into politics here. I will tell you that I've been reading another book. Hold on. Where is it? Oh, I don't. I must have left it inside. I've been reading a book called um, Cyber, Cyber Security for Space. Dude, space? is really hard. It's a wicked hard environment to operate in. Uh, North Korea has had a lot of challenges. Um, they are a closed off country. So, you know, access to intelligence and resources. And even though they're doing espionage uh, to steal secrets and steal information, you still need people there to build it, right? I can tell you like how to make a sick satellite, but you still need a manufacturing facility in your own land to do something with that information. 
They launched a spy satellite. We'll see what's up. Other countries, um, other countries for sure um, are going to be able to see where that satellite is and do stuff with it. So I'm not super worried about it. And now, last week in ransomware. According to Bleeping Computer, last week saw an international law enforcement operation apparently taking down a ransomware affiliate operation in Ukraine, which had been responsible for attacks on organizations in 71 countries and whose members were affiliated with gangs such as Locker Goga, Megacortex, Hive, and Dharma. Other attacks of note last week included on Ardent Health Services, as mentioned earlier, Slovenia's largest power provider, HSE, a North Texas water utility, India's National Aerospace Lab, and, quote, a re-encryption of healthcare giant Henry Schein as punishment for allegedly not paying the ransom, end quote. All right, so pretty standard. Regulators! Mauna. All right, so pretty standard, uh, you know, um, what do we call this? Um, kitchen junk drawer or ransomware roundup. Um, they do this, you know, every week. Go in here. Here's a link to the to the story. Go in, find a story that relates to you, whether it's your vertical, your uh, region, geographically speaking, uh, a threat actor group you've been following, whatever, and get after it. Law enforcement. The one I'd like to uh, feature here: law enforcement um, coordinated raids in 30 locations, including Kiev, uh, Cherkasy, Rivni, and. Vintija. I'm not sure. I know Kiev's in Ukraine. I don't know if all of these are in Ukraine, um, but allegedly the ringleader was arrested. That's great. Um, just remember, guys, ransomware and malware, right? It's just software. Copy and paste, copy and paste. So when you arrest a ringleader, honestly, like, yes, Here's the deal. It's really, really difficult to shut these things down because when you cut the head off, i.e., arrest the ringleader, you know, another head grows right where it was, or two more heads grow out of it. There's too much money to be made, and there's too much protection typically from the local government, especially if you're paying them off with a, a portion of your ill gotten finances. There's it, 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 like it's lower risk, high reward. And all the tools are there already. Why wouldn't you do it? Not to mention Russia, Kia, uh, Ukraine, like they're war torn. You know, it's not like you just like, mm, like, you know, go to work on Monday. Like it's just a regular day. Like there, there are some somewhat limited opportunities. This is global. This is work from home. <laughs> Frankly, a lot of people like work from home. So being a cyber criminal, uh, you know, threat actor, you know, it pays well. You, you know, get to spend time. You could take your kids to school and still, you know, remote in to like your victim organization and do the negotiations, right? We've got tools in 2023 to allow remote workforce VPN into the um, the dark web. Anyway, I'm being slightly uh, playful, uh, just, you know, whatever. But here's the thing. This is a really good win for all of us and we should actually celebrate it. But dude, it's a, we win a battle. We're, we're a long way from winning the war. Okay. It's time to start getting excited. All right. Hey, somebody let Nick Barker know that it's 8.59 and I am wrapping up the show. So let me just do the outro. And I, I guys, I got to tell you just personally, I love it. It makes me feel so good when I hit the mid roll at uh, the bottom of the hour. And when I hit the end of the show at the top of the hour and I don't plan it. Oh, it's just, it's like seeing a sweet infographic. All right. 
All right, you 430 beautiful people. Uh, thanks so much for being here. I want to remind everybody that Advent of Cyber is going on right now. Tomorrow, Tuesday, December 5th is my day. So this is my thumbnail. You'll see it. It's going to publish at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're doing Advent of Cyber and you're a Simply Cyber community member, uh, maybe something to get excited about. Secondly, last year, I just got to tell you guys, last year I did Advent of Cyber. I think it was day 22. Um, guys, we got a lot of new Simply Cyber community members after that day. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that a lot of new people find Simply Cyber and come join us for the uh, morning threat briefing. So we could hopefully expect some hashtag first timers on Wednesday. So be ready uh, to welcome some newcomers on Wednesday. I'm excited personally. Uh, got a great week for you guys. Uh, later today at 4 p.m., I'll be playing World of Haiku, continuing Forge, community-built ranges. We're going to play together. This is always fun. I basically play a video game and hang out with you guys. We listen to good music. 4 p.m. Eastern time, so in about seven hours from now. This Thursday, guys, put this as an appointment. Put this as an appointment. Viewing this Thursday at 4.30 p.m., Michelle Kahn is coming on. I um I've attended some of his training. I hung out with him at Wild West Hacking Fest, which by the way, shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, Black Hills InfoSec. Wild West Hacking Fest is hands down the best cybersecurity conference ever. Okay. Anyways, Michelle was wandering around. We high-fived, had a talk. I was like, dude, you gotta come on the show. He's like, absolutely. Like we fist bumped. He's coming on. Dude, if you like open source intelligence, OSINT, he is awesome. In fact, I'll drop a link to this video right here. This is a one-hour little uh, webinar that he gave. Only 93 likes. Let's make that 94. There we go. Um, OSINT yourself, he shows you all his techniques. And here's the thing. He uses red team tooling. He uses red team tools to do OSINT. It's brilliant. It's very, very innovative. Very, very clever. I love it. Guys, if you were here just for the news, have a great Monday. Excuse me. Have a great Monday. Um, be well. And we will see you at 4 p.m. Eastern later today for Let's Play. Or if you're just a Daily Cyber Threat Briefing member, we'll see you tomorrow morning uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Before I close, if you got to go, head on out. But it before I close out, I want to make sure that we have the... Um, Simply Cyber Community Challenge Baton. I did not see anybody. Um, I didn't see anybody pick up the baton, so I'm going to tag somebody. Let me just really quickly, I, I think it was Mr. Reporter. Let me see if Mr. Reporter is in chat right now. Mr. Reporter is not in chat right now, so I am going to take the uh, baton and tag somebody with it. Huh, Cyber Spaceman Mike is saying Advent of Cyber is a scam. Uh, many who never got their prizes, just excuses. All right, hey, Cyber Spaceman Mike, I've worked with uh, Advent of Cyber for a few years now, and it's always been a professional operation. I will take this particular concern, and I will escalate it to them internally. Um, so... Let me let me do my own, you know, with all due respect, Spaceman Mike, I appreciate that. But let me do my own due diligence and figure out um, what's going on there and see if we can't get get some answers for the community.
Oh, Elite Gunslinger passed the CC so today. Nice job. All right. Hey, looks like Sky Ronald Baldy. Sky Ronald Baldy. Sky Ronald Baldy said me and Sky Ronald Baldy. I'm hoping that you meant me for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. All right. So, Sky Renault Baldi, you have to, or Renault, you need to uh, accept the baton. So, let me know that if you are, let me know if you are um, accepting the baton and we will add you and then look for uh, your post. Chris Young's calling it out. I love it. Yeah, Eric Ream saying that uh, he's also heard Trihackme's uh, prizes are a bit BS. Again, I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and ask about this because um, I take guys. I take it quite seriously the stewardship of maintaining simply cyber's integrity. So let me look into it. Okay. All right, so Sky Renault Baldi, let's give you about 30 more seconds for you to accept. And if you don't accept, I will pass it on to somebody else. Oh, yeah, Cyberspace Man, Mike, if you've got some uh, emails from them around the excuses and stuff, that would be excellent. Um, if you can, I guess, post it in general, perhaps. And uh, I'm going to send them an email right after jawjacking. All right, guys. Hey, um, we'll get the baton sorted out. But just to close out the stream, um, I thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here. We're going to pivot over to jawjacking right now. So settle in. If you're not familiar with jawjacking first timers, this is what we do. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Jaw Jack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy, coming at you. Chelsea Ray Waterhouse, a first-timer in chat. What's up, Chelsea? Welcome to the party, pal. We'll give you a welcome to the party, pal. Emote, uh, we love our first-timers, Chelsea. This is Jaw Jack and Chelsea and other first-timers. Basically, I do the daily threat briefing, kind of keep it professional and polished, but I love the community, and this is my full-time job, so I get to hang out for another you know, 30 minutes or so and uh do ask me anything share what's going on with the channel with the community with my initiatives and um just have a good time with everybody whoa peter hold on did peter a peter a passed uh a plus sir nice job love it love it love it oh hey just again this is like an opportunity to share stuff uh got a new a new simply cyber shirt coming um, I worked with Kimberly can fix it on a design. We've ordered, um, uh, draft versions of the shirt. I'm excited. It's all part of this, like kind of new idea I have for the community, uh, that I'll share more about it later on. All right. Where can I get my hands dirty? So to speak and what's actually done as a cyber professional. 
Oh boy. Um, so Mr. Green reads, good question. I, what I would say is a couple of things. No, Chris K. Hall, we're going to do the baton. Did, 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 um, did uh, our friend not pick it up? They must be AK, AFK. So we'll, we'll tag someone else. All right. So Sky Renault Baldy uh, did not accept it. So we're going to go ahead and ask again for someone to accept it. First one who asks for it gets it. Uh, CJ404 got the CEH. Lovely. Love it. Yep. Uh, Jenny, we're going to... Uh... All right. Hey, so check it out. Um, getting your hands dirty, Mr. Green Reads. couple ways to do it. Obviously, practical labs. Uh, depending on what you want to do in the industry will depend on what getting your hands dirty actually means. I do want to point out... Um, uh, let me do this. So this is my, you know, screen share. Uh, I do want to point out, um, you may not know this one, Mr. Green reads and others, cause this is good. Oh my God. But, um, this is, uh, simply cyber's YouTube channel. This is the playlist and this, where is it right here? This is sock analyst experience. Okay. This is a full walkthrough of building a lab that has a threat actor machine using a post-exploitation framework called Sliver and a victim machine that is running a EDR solution with a managed interface called Lima Charlie. This entire lab is free and you will be learning in this lab real things that will really help you really get a job and really show you what it is like having a threat actor pop a box, seeing alerts, doing detection tuning, seeing how uh, post-exploitation frameworks work. So um, I would recommend you check this out, okay? And this is only steps one through four of that lab. Eric, um, Eric Capuano, the author of the lab, has actually released three more modules that I haven't done yet. Carrie wants the baton. Yeah, let's give Carrie the baton. All right, Carrie Chiasun. And Carrie, I've never uh, said your last name, and I think I just butchered it. But Carrie's been a long time. He's got the blue badge. We all know Carrie. Carrie, um, oh, I'm sorry. Someone commented before Carrie. I did. I'm sorry, Carrie. Well, we're going to, we will, hold on. Let me go back. I said the first person to say gets it. Give it to me. Where is it? Hold on. Cool at go. Cool it go. Hold on. Give me a second. Uh, I don't know. I don't see a cool it go. Hold on. Where? Where is it? Where is it? I don't see it. Hold on. I'm looking in chat right now. What's the person's name? I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss. Oh, Thomas Marquette. Thomas Marquette right here getting in right before Carrie. Is that what we're doing here? So Thomas Marquette. All right. All right. Be good. So Thomas Marquette asked for the baton. All right. And then maybe Thomas can tag Carrie tomorrow. That could be a good way to do it. Um, 
Have a good one, Francis. Be well. So, um, Mr. Greenreed said doing Coursera courses. Listen, doing just coursework is good. It'll give you experience. It'll give you knowledge and awareness of what things are and how things fit together. But you need to get your hands dirty. You need to do practical labs. You need to either get an internship or do labs that are good. Let's Defend, someone mentioned in chat, Chris Cahall. Let's Defend is a good platform for security operations work. Um, Hack the Box, Try Hack Me is pretty good for pen testing and offensive security. So it depends what you want to do. But yes, those are ways to do it. Um, hey, Michelle Dane, tell your 12-year-old thank you. Love it. I love it when I get the um, the youth vote. The youth vote. Um, ask the 12-year-old Michelle if my studio is drip. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. All right. So Thomas Marquette has accepted the baton challenge. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Thomas. And maybe Thomas can chat, char, uh, 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 tag carry tomorrow. All right. Hey, very good. Very good. Um, what are the questions you guys got and what's going on? Uh, let me, I'm trying to think, oh, um, just as a quick update, I was supposed to do on December 13th, the Black Hills Information Security Anticast, where I was going to do my Game of Thrones keynote speech that I did for B-Sides Charleston. That is going to be rescheduled. I'm no longer doing that talk on December 13th, just for people's awareness. Um, I've got some personal stuff I've got to address. Love it. Be good, Amelia Garcia. Uh, Alpha Sierra talked to someone from IBM in a mentorship capacity. My personal alleged that because of AI, jobs like SOC may be threatened within the next five. No. All right. So for those who are thinking about AI is going to replace them, no. Okay. Here's what I think. People who know how to use AI tools to help them do their job better are going to replace people who do not know how to use AI tools. All right. That, that's what's up. AI tools are going to help you do your job faster, more efficiently, etc. But it, it, to replace, it's not true. And by the way, guys, like threat actors are incredibly clever. They are going to have AI tools as well. So they're going to be moving faster. Uh, we're going to need defenders who think um, creatively out there. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sweat it out the Sierra. Have a good one, Angular. Luke Canfield fully expects living to evolve into a series of whistles and squeals like a groundhog. Uh, what's the next event where we can meet up um, in 2024? Matthew Hibbert. All right, so Simply Cyber Community Meetup. Um, I suspect the next meetup will be uh, DEF CON, Vegas. I don't really, you know, the, the conference season and the travel season is really like late summer, early fall, typically uh, for me. I'm not scheduled to go to any conferences uh, like that coming up. So I would think, Matthew Hibbert, it would be Vegas. Um, I really liked the um, the brewery that we went to. Chris uh, Paulica uh, shared it. I know... Um, Oh my God. Is it Carlos Hernandez? Let me just give me a second. I gotta, I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. 
Yeah, Carlos Hernandez, it's like his favorite brewery. CJ knew about it. All the Vegas people, Marcus Kyler was there. Josh Mason was there. Like all the Vegas people, Kev Tech was there. Um, that brewery was spot on, perfect. It was a little bit of a drive, but you know what? If you're going to come to a hangout, it, you know, so uh, expect Vegas. Maybe we'll do two hangouts. What I what I would really like to do is an in-person version of um, the stream, uh, the daily threat briefing, or I don't know, come up with some alternative, like do a stream from Vegas, whatever. All right, let's keep looking here. Mods are feeding me questions. KNG says, can you talk a little bit about your cyber exposure management course? Yeah, sure, KNG. All right, so KNG is asking about my cyber exposure management course. Let me pull that up. Um, I made this course for XM Cyber. They're a continuous threat exposure management security product vendor. Um, I made this course as a commissioned work. So they gave me a flat rate of money and I made the course and gave it to them. And that's, you know, it's my name. I, I made the content. I made the course. I made the curriculum. The entire product is my creation, but they own the rights to it. Okay. First of all, second of all, Continuous threat exposure management is essentially the evolution of vulnerability management. I could go into like a long lengthy explanation of why vulnerability management is hard and why it's frustrating, why it's it, it's it's challenging, but with the advent of cloud, with the advent of zero trust architecture, vulnerability management is too narrow a uh, capability to fully encompass protecting an organization and it's a little brittle because it, it can't move fast enough, right? Like, honestly, um, to KNG's point, this story right here, where is it? Hold on. This story right, where is it, man? Goldstein saying like patch faster, fix faster model wants to ditch that. That's kind of what uh, threat exposure management and like where all this is coming from. Vulnerability management's like a lot of, oh, you got to patch it. Ah, you got to patch it. But um, threat exposure management is more around um, identifying attack paths, right? So you could have like a million vulnerabilities, but which ones are going to allow a threat actor to pivot in from the outside and get into the inside? Are there choke points? Are there critical assets that if you... If you spent your time focused on that one asset and hardening that, you would eliminate 70% of your risk. That's what threat exposure management is. This course is five modules. The first one is like, what is it? The second one is, who's doing it? The third one is, what's it look like? The fourth one is, how do you implement it operationally? And the fifth one is, how do you go from like kind of a crappy ad hoc threat exposure management model up into a fully optimized threat exposure management model? So how do you mature it? That's what the course is. I think you could do the course in probably like six hours. Uh, if you've taken the course, please drop your comments below. I try to do good work. I try to put out quality content. I try not to do crap work. So um, I think that this exposure management course is good. Hopefully that answers your question, KNG. Uh, Isaiah Morris, Dr. Osher, do you have any GRC hands-on training courses besides doing an internship? Um, yeah. So Isaiah Morris, my GRC analyst masterclass has five labs in it that are hands-on. I have you make information security awareness content. I have you do a risk assessment. I have you do a, uh, write a policy. So hopefully that answers your question. 
Not that you can do anything with what I'm about to say, Isaiah Morris, but as for the community, just so you guys um, want to know, in 2024, one of my goals is to develop a um, risk assessment course fully focused on how to do a risk assessment deep dive. And the way the course is going to be set up is um, it, it'll basically be like a virtual internship. So I'm going to have a real client who I'm in talks with right now, but I'm going to have a real client, a small business, and I'm going to execute the entire enterprise risk assessment on this client, but I'm going to document everything I'm doing. I'm going to have all the emails. I'm going to have all the evidence. I'm going to have all the work I do. I'm going to film me. And the idea is like, it's almost like, um, oh my God, uh, forget it. I, I can't remember, but it's almost going to be like, like, imagine this, like the first video pops up besides like the, this is what the course is and all that, but like the first real meat of the course video is going to pop up and I'll be like, Hey, what's up? You just got hired as a junior analyst onto my team. We just got work in today to do an enterprise risk assessment on this small size dermatology clinic out of, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. I need you to help me do it. You're going to do it. Okay. So what I'm going to do is lead the engagement, but you're going to do, and I'm going to do all the work, but I expect you to do it too. And the idea is that I will assign you work and then, you know, you'll do it quote unquote, but then I will show you in the next video or the next module or whatever, what the actual outputs were. So you can compare like what you did versus what I would expect you to do. And you can learn from that. And you'll basically do a full enterprise risk assessment on an organization. Um, and we'll be using NIST cybersecurity framework, obviously. I love NIST. That's going to be a full-on practical hands-on course. It's going to be super dope, believe me. Um, but you got to wait for that, okay? My, my, my long-term vision is the entire GRC career path in courses. So I'm doing Cyber 101 now, then practical and uh, uh, risk, um, practical GRC analyst. Then you split off into more senior uh, functional skills, risk assessment, and information security awareness. And then I'll have a CISO course. That's the plan. All right. My boss wants me to get NIST CSF LinkedIn certified, Chris Nee. I don't know what LI certified is, but ask me to find training in a classroom or online. Any recommendations? Hold on. I don't know what training you're talking about. This? Security? Wait, hold on. I don't know if this is what you're talking about. Um, I'm just reviewing this content right now. I mean, this looks pretty good. I don't know who the instructor is. I don't know who the instructor is for this course, but just looking really quickly, this looks like a good course. It also makes me want to make a NIST. Oh, here we go. Ron Werner. It's got high ratings. This looks pretty good. It makes me want to make a NIST CSF course of my own, honestly. Here, I'm going to drop a link in chat. I don't know anything about this course. I don't know anything about Ron Werner. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know anything, but it's got 385 reviews. Very high. 
It's only an hour and 23 minutes long, which is kind of light, honestly. The only, all right, so the only thing I would say that is sus about this is this right here. One hour and 23 minutes. So basically an extended webinar. You can't teach somebody NIST cybersecurity framework in 90 minutes, okay? Like I could do 90 minutes on, <laughs> like you could do 90 minutes on just like one of the subcategories. So this to me, the only, this is probably a good primer, but it's insufficient to be long enough. Josh Mason says he does NIST CSF training. Again, I haven't, Josh is a good guy. I haven't taken his training, so I can't say anything, but he's definitely knowledgeable professional. All right, let's keep going. Are the AI tools for converting scripting programming languages? Are there tools for converting scripting programming languages? Micah Romaine, you need to be more clear. I don't know what you mean, but you can definitely take ChatGPT and convert. Here, let's do it live on stream. Um, all right, let's do it live on stream. So check this out. Um, every single day, I run the little ticker across the bottom. All right. I have a Python script called uh, Chiron. All right. And it asked me for the URL. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is what I do every single morning. Right. And then it dumps out this thing. And this is what the, the little ticker is on the bottom. That's what that is. Okay. So let's do this. Here's the source code for it. Okay. All right. So now let's go into chat GPT and say, Convert the fo convert the following Python source code into uh, Perl. I don't know. Let's see what it says. All right. So, Micah Romaine, this is what I would do. The answer to your question is ChatGPT. I mean, I haven't used Copilot for code or GitHub or anything like that, uh, Luke Canfield. But, yeah, I mean. So, uh, KME Kristen asks us if there's a schedule for Simply Cyber Live stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the best I have right now, KME, is uh, this. Go to that URL, KME, and um, it basically brings up my upcoming lives. Uh, Aftermath solicitors, I'm new to cybersecurity. Give my legal background. What useful tips can you share to provide in terms of getting the first gig? Well, if you have a legal background, aftermath solicitors, get into GRC. That's a bit the fastest path. GRC, aftermath solicitors, is governance, risk, and compliance. Uh, honestly, I, I'm not saying this to plug my own course, aftermath solicitors, but there isn't a lot of good GRC content out there. And I made a course. It's only $60. It's very good. A lot of people have said a lot of nice things about it. And it really gives you everything that you would need to know as an entry-level person 
GRC is governance. It's interfacing with the business. You do interface with legal quite a bit. Of all the things, it's probably the closest one that would uh, be tied to legal. All right. Um, and I dropped a link in chat, by the way. Um, okay. Chris Young, there are so many questions. Oh, there's so many. Op- Hold on. I got a, I got a 930 meeting. I just remembered here. Uh, there's so many options for cyber frameworks and risk management frameworks. How do you know which one to use? Um, no. So the frameworks shouldn't matter for the industry. What? This is the last. Okay. So really quickly, um, I'm going to do a, a, Hey, I'm going to do a, a lightning round. Okay. So around cybersecurity frameworks, two things you need to know. One, 80% of all frameworks are the same thing. Okay. 80% of all frameworks are looking and asking for the same thing. So it doesn't really matter. Secondly, Typically, uh, either an industry or geolocation is going to define what framework to use. So Europe likes ISO 27000, United States likes NIST. Small businesses that are immature, you might want to use CIS 18 because it's like a cyber framework with training wheels. NIST CSF is a great one. Go for that. I love it. Um, Where do you get that malware shirt and where can I get one? Jason Bagwell. Um, Let me show you. Jason Bagwell, it's from the Black Hills Information Security Spearfish store. There you go, right there. I'll drop a link in chat for you, Jason. And, oh my gosh. Jason Bagwell, here's a link in chat. Um, okay, so I'm getting word now that Ron, the guy who did this um, course on LinkedIn, wherever it is, this course right here, Ron Werner, he's... um. He's endorsed by the community. All right. So he's been approved. See the value of a network? I'm telling you. All right. Uh, she's a, fr- okay. Crush the interview. What the? F- oh, yes. Oh, baby. My man. My man. We're going to do a double on that because I met David Beard. Yes, my friend. Love it, love it, love it. David Beard, straight out here, crushing it like a boss. Hopefully, we can get an update from Lazaro, too. Guys, it's 929. I got to get out of here. David Beard, thanks for making that an amazing way to end the stream. To the 270 of you that hung around for jawjacking, I hope you have a wonderful Monday. I hope some of you can make it to the Let's Play at 4 p.m. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, keep crushing it. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come